You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, and usually my wife, Pam, is joining me, but today it's just me. Thanks to tax season, thanks to prior obligations with some family visits that need to be had. You get just me today, although I'm going to have a guest because we're pulling something from the archives in the vault that's worth revisiting because usually on Sexy Marriage Radio, we have in-depth conversations with authors and counselors, psychologists, professors, and that's what we're doing today. We explore topics that relationships face all the time and want to offer a framework that gives you a practical way to build a deeper understanding of how relationships work. If you're new to the show or you're looking for a simple way to tell your friends, check out our episode starter packs. These are collections of our favorite episodes organized by topic, and they help you get a taste of everything we do here on the show. Go to smrnation.com forward slash starter. If you got some feedback for us or something we've missed, or you want us to address something specifically or find a guest, send us a message and let us know by calling us at 214-702-9565 or email us, as always, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Well, as I alluded to earlier, coming up today on the regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a segment from The Vault with Dr. Steven Snyder. He's been on before about his book, Love Worth Making. And on this return to the vault, we're having a conversation about what if we're doing sex wrong? It's quite intriguing and it's worth revisiting. And on the extended version today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. He and I continue the conversation uh, based on a statement he has made in the past where he said... What if better communication could ruin sex? And once again, it's worth revisiting. All that's coming up on today's show. So today, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show Dr. Stephen Snyder, who you may not remember this, Stephen, but you were on uh, August of 2018, you know, eons ago, before pandemic, when life kind of had a normalcy, and now we're anything but. But it's so great to have you back on the air with me. Thank you so much, Corey. And Stephen has a book, Love Worth Making, um, which is a fabulous read. I highly recommend it. Uh, he's not he's not paying me for that by no. any means. Uh, but Stephen, so last time you were on here, we, we kind of unpacked parts of your book and just kind of went through it. And today, um, I want to go a little more hodgepodge with you, I guess Good. we could say. And so let's just go all things sex. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> kind of a great title, I think. Um but a couple of things that have kind of stood out to me, just kind of following along uh, with your journey, some of the other stuff that I've heard you or, or, or seen you that you've written, um, that we come into this topic as, as human beings with a lot of naivete, a lot of misinformation, uh, you know, a lot of, well, what's supposed to be normal? You know, we're always kind of got this measuring stick, if you will. And I'm curious, what are some of the biggest things that you see with the people you work with and the, and the conversations you have that are, you're like, okay, hold on, let's kind of get some good information in front of you first, and then we'll go from there. What, what are some of these repeated messages you keep coming across? Yeah. Um, well, for me, the most important one is the one I put on page one of my book, because I figured if people don't read any farther than page one, they're going to get this message. Right. And, Page one of my book is a couple comes to see me and I say, okay, tell me about foreplay. What kind of foreplay do you like? And what do you usually do? 
And she says, well, you know, I touch him and then he touches me. And I go, well, wait a minute, wait, 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 what are we really talking about here? You and I know what they're talking about is that she strokes his genitals and he strokes her genitals and then they have intercourse. Right. Um, which is unfortunately how many, many couples do foreplay. Yeah. The thing that's wrong with it is that it's goal-oriented. Okay. It's the goal of uh, taking the genitals from a quiescent state to an aroused state. And that's not what you want to be doing. Okay. You don't have any goal at all. Right. Because, as you know, I'm sure, um, we have kind of two basic mental activities as people. We have thinking and doing on the one hand, um, which are active, and we have experiencing and awareness on the other hand, which is not active. Okay. It's fundamentally passive. So the first thing I like to say is that you don't want to just be doing when you get into bed. You want to be experiencing. You want to be opening your senses. So I tell people, you know, a couple of minutes of just kind of lying there doing nothing at first and just taking your own temperature and uh, seeing how your body feels. That can make a remarkable difference. And when you get into foreplay, you really just want to experience and enjoy your partner's body as it is. Right. You don't necessarily just want to be accomplishing a goal. Right. That's the first thing that's wrong with that kind of sex. Um, I joke in the book, I say, as I'm listening to this, I image creeps into my head from my suburban childhood before I moved to Manhattan, where it was a guy trying to start up a gas lawnmower. And he kept pulling the cord and pulling the cord. And so the, the section is entitled, Your Wife is Not a Lawnmower. It's not just a question of trying to pull a cord in the right way to get the whole thing to, to start. Right. The second thing that's wrong with that is that it's fixated on the physical body. So let's get some hardness. Let's get some wetness. And that way we can do it. Right. And the problem with that is you can get hard and wet and still have really bad sex. Totally. In order to understand that, I don't get to this till chapter nine in my book, um, which is different ranges of arousal. You know, if you could clock how aroused you are in terms of, let's say, how many IQ points you've lost. So if you're very, very aroused, you've lost a lot of IQ points. You don't know what time it is. You hardly know what your name is. If the phone rings, you don't care if the person on the other end is dying. You right. don't care. You just want them to go away. And right. leave you Why are you interrupting my state of being right now? Right? Exactly. Because you're functioning at a very infantile level. Right. And, you know, it's like a two-year-old. They're at a birthday party. They've got ice cream in their mouth. And they're wearing a funny hat. And they want everybody to go, yay. And that's basically where we all live when we're very aroused. Um, in order to really get to that state, let's say on a scale, a scale of zero to 100, we're talking about 40 or above. Um, so... That's really important. You're not going to have good sex unless you're at that level of arousal. Okay. It's really someplace special. Unfortunately, most people do that kind of lawnmower sex where they're getting to a state of arousal where the genitals respond, and that's usually a level of about 20. So you can get hard and wet, and you're still not really into it. And a right. lot of people have that experience. They get hard and they're wet. They're still not really into it, but everything's functioning and if they're wired that way, maybe they can each have an orgasm that way. But the orgasms are not really much to write home about right. because the quality of an orgasm is usually dependent on the degree of arousal that went into it. So if you have an orgasm at an arousal level of 60, now that's an orgasm. If you have one at an arousal level of 20, it's not going to be for much. So a lot of couples do this kind of thing where they're just focused on this goal of let's get hard and wet, let's have sex, let's give an orgasm so we can get to sleep. And then they miss the whole thing and they wonder why they don't have sexual desire. Yeah. The reason is because the sex that they were having isn't worth desiring. 
Well, of course, yeah. So it's what you're describing it is it's mechanical. It's a exactly. it's so, all just a process you, of function. You and I know about this, but because uh, we're professionals, but uh, a lot of people don't know this. I always ask guys in my office because I'm a, a a guy, and there are not that many male sex therapists. Um, and I always say, you know, when you're touching your partner's body, um, you're touching your wife's body. Are you touching it for your pleasure or for hers? And they all say, oh, for her pleasure. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I go, well, you're supposed to know what she likes, but you don't want to be motivated by a desire to do a good job. Instead, you want to be motivated by passion. And passion is really kind of selfish because it's infantile. Okay. And so I'll have a, you know, one of the big uh, steps forward that happened in the sex world over the last couple of decades is that men found out what the clitoris was right. and where it was right. and it was important. And that's really nice. I wouldn't want to go back. However, the problem now is you got a lot of guys in their 20s and 30s who are the, the children of feminists um, who feel very responsible for giving their partner pleasure. And they've read all the books that say you should do this and you should do that. And you should do this. And I've got an unending series of women coming into my office going, I am bored out of my mind. <laughs> and the problem is that there's no passion in it. Okay. So both women want to experience a man's passion, and you don't experience a man's passion if he's just trying to technically get everything done right. Right. No. Okay. That that again falls in the mechanical category, right? So I, I do have a. Have you come across the phrase? Because you kind of started off with this conversation on. Uh, let's talk about foreplay and and describe yeah. it in you know. And so, have you ever come across this? Is a phrase I love. Is foreplay is the determinant of the type of sex that's about to follow. Absolutely. It comes from the late David Schnorch. Yep. Um, where he says, uh, uh, he died just a couple weeks ago. I know. Um, where, and he, he says, foreplay is where the level of intimacy in the sex gets started. And by that, I, I imagine what he means is the level of openness to experience and opening yourself to the other person and really enjoying the other person. So absolutely, I absolutely agree with that statement. Right, and you're already putting a little line of demarcation in a sense, or actually better stated would be a fork in the road of, I can either go into this part of my process with a, with my partner mechanically, or I can go into it experientially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And, and, and many people have had the experience where they're having sex or they're involved in some kind of intimate thing, and at some point they may look their partner in the eyes and meet the gaze, and go, wow, there's really another person here. <laughs> yeah, when'd you get here? <laughs> when'd you get here? Yeah. So a brief word from one of our sponsors here on the podcast. It's a sleeping system that we've talked about before called MedCline. And I got to say, it's kind of awesome. And it's awesome both for individuals and for marriages. It's the most effective natural treatment for GERD a.k.a. gastroesophageal reflux disease and also acid reflux. And you know what? It's also great for shoulder pain. If you've had or have acid reflux, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I've experienced those times when I'm lying in bed at night sleeping and then suddenly my esophagus is burning or the contents in my stomach are working their way north or I overate and I just can't even get to sleep. And so the thought and prospect of sleep is far, far removed. Well, it's truly one of the worst ways to try to go to sleep or to wake up in the middle of the night. 
And often this experience doesn't just affect you. If you're married, your spouse can suffer too. Well, MedCline is a sleeping system that's a medical device. It's FDA cleared, doctor recommended, and most importantly, 93% of patients reported a reduction in nighttime heartburn with this system. This system, it can make a huge difference. There's a 60-night money-back guarantee, and you get 20% off when you go to MedCline.com SMR. That's 20% off for a better night's sleep at MedCline.com SMR. Put an end to your nighttime discomfort and rediscover a good night's sleep for both you and your spouse with MedCline. Today's episode is also sponsored by True Classic Tees, one of my absolute go-to favorite t-shirts. True Classic Tees makes t-shirts that actually fit, not to mention they're also super soft. I own well over a dozen of these shirts, and before I found True Classic Tees, finding the right t-shirt was incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts were too tight in all the wrong places or way too big and boxy. Not so with True Classic. They've already helped over 2 million men look fit with an affordable price. And our listeners get access to the absolute best deal they offer. For a limited time, you can get 25% off when you use our code SMR at True Classic Tees. Guys, it's likely that you're wearing the wrong clothes and it's time to level up. Highlight your greatest assets with a t-shirt that you can confidently throw on anytime. They are snug around the arms and chest to make your muscles pop. And they're looser in the torso for added comfort and movement. True Classic is made with every man in mind. You'll get the quality, luxe fit, and the softness you've always wanted but never received from those sandpaper excuses for t-shirts. These things are so soft, you'll actually want to wear them, and your wife might be stealing them from you too. True Classic doesn't stop at tees, though. They're your one-stop shop for all things menswear, and they make it super easy to build out your wardrobe. It's about time to get your fit and look fit together. So upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with our code SMR. Free shipping is included with purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with our code SMR. Strengthen your core wardrobe with True Classic today, fellas. Right. And so, you I mean, you're, you're kind of painting this picture of this otherworldly kind of experience, right? That this, this is out of body, uh, spiritual awakening. You know, there's a lot of different terminology I think we could put that, to kind of help capture it. And there's probably not a real clean one to capture well, I, it all. I think it's, it's, it, but anyhow, I'm, I'm anticipating to get to the question. But yeah, so my question is, how do you move from mechanical to that beyond just the, you know, slow down, take my temperature, kind of ease into it. Don't be formulaic. Let it unfold. Follow the connection. You know, there's a lot of different things, yeah. but it almost seems like we're all feeling around in the dark out there. Okay, and I would say you're not, um, especially if you're a religious person. Okay. I was thrilled to hear that so many people in your audience are religious people because I'm a religious person myself. Mm-hmm. And the book is a religious book, as you know, from yep. having read it. Yep. Um, and uh, I got a lot of heat from that in my own community, which is a very, very leftist community. I'm not a leftist, but the community of sex therapists is very, very leftist. Right. Um, I was up for a book award and it didn't get it because it had religion. That's a no-no. You can't do that in the sex therapy community, but I did it. Um, and the reason I did it is because as a religious person and a married person, I think they're very, very similar activities. Okay. Um, so you get married, you meet your partner, you're inspired. It's the same thing when you find religious inspiration. You're inspired. Mm-hmm. 
comes naturally. Everything seems magical. The world seems kind of uh, all of a sudden illuminated and you understand everything. And as everybody knows who's religious, it doesn't last forever. Eventually, you're sitting there in your place of worship and going, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> this has become very formulaic and, and mechanical. Exactly. exactly. So my own approach when that happens, when I can remember, because I'm human, obviously, but um, when I can remember is I say, God, you know, I know you're out there somewhere. Um, and hit me. I, 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 I got nothing here. Um, and so what you do is you open yourself up to it. Okay. Um, so well, what I define in my book, it's in chapter 16, um, which uh, I think is called mindfulness, heartfulness, and prayer or something like that, um, is like a lot of people who think about religion, uh, uh, people have noted, I'm not the first, there's something very paradoxical about prayer. You know, if you think of it traditionally as uh, asking for something you want, because uh, presumably the creator already knows what you want. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing? He's right. Right. So um, I think a, a, a more interesting idea of prayer is that the blessings are around you all the time. And what you're doing when you pray is you're making yourself into a fitting vessel to receive them. Okay. Saying, I would like to receive the inspiration that I know is there all around me. And let me see what I need to do to tune myself up so that I can receive it. And I think it's the exact same thing. Okay. Um, the technique which I talk about in the book, um, I call the two-step. Yep. Instead of as an alternative to the sex day. And instead of making a date at, at the 10 p.m. Thursday night after the kids go to bed to have sex, you make a date Thursday night, 10 p.m. to go to bed, take off your clothes and do nothing. Yeah. And you just there and you're just going to turn from thinking and doing to just awareness and experiencing and um you're going to uh uh just see where you're at and just be find the moment because we don't usually think in terms of moments nope. there is a moment there so you find the moment and then that's step one and then step two you turn to your partner so we're going to bed to two steps right and to me it's the exact same sequence as in prayer the first step is where am I? Yeah. Um, what am I doing here? Um, what, where can I find inspiration in this moment? And then once I find it, then I can pray. Yeah. And I, I love that. I remember reading this and I love the sophistication of that because you're Thank talking, because you. you're talking about the concept. Cause this is the one thing on a, on a religious side you know, how often do we get caught up in this mess of, okay, I got to get myself in order before I then come to the Almighty to pray, rather than, no, 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 it's all part of my experience. He knows it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, it's going on, so why don't I own it, acknowledge it, even if it's not all good, exactly. bring it, and then open yourself to, okay, here, what is my relationship here? What's going on? What am I, what's my urging? What's my prompting? What's my drive or desire or gift? You know, there's a lot of different things that could come out of those experiences rather than thinking, I got to get everything in order before I can actually bring it, which don't we do that in sex too often too? Of like, wait, I got to get my mind right. And I got to get the atmosphere and everything perfect rather than no, no, no. Why don't I just bring myself to it to start and then see what happens. Wherever you're at. Yeah. Wherever you're at. I kind of developed this. One of the ways I developed these ideas is, uh, um, uh, I was one of these guys who, after we had kids, I was acutely miserable. Um, 
because as almost every man knows who's heterosexually married, after you have kids, you're not going to get it that as, as much ten- attention right. as you have before kids. And, uh, and I didn't get any attention at all. And so um, what I discovered is that in order to have a good physical experience with my wife, I really need 10 minutes of complaining. Again. Um, and she was patient enough and, and insightful enough to know that I needed this. Okay. And so I could just lie there and complain for 10 minutes. And then I felt fine. And then we could do whatever we were going to do. Okay. Uh, but that was where I was at. Yeah. And wherever you're at, which, whatever you Which do, you're not going to find that on a Hallmark card of, you know, <laughs> here's, here's the optimum way to great sex. 10 minutes of complaining. <laughs> and I actually put that in the book. It's in chapters, chapter 10. Right. It's a chapter about when women lose desire. Right. And she literally finds that she has to really complain for a while before she can really get in the mood. Yeah. That's just the truth of it. Well, and and that's it because this this is the thing that I hope that at least people in the SMR Nation, or if they're not familiar with you and your work and the, just this conversation, is their first entry into it. I hope they start recognizing this has nothing to do with formula, right? right. Other than starting, <laughs> if you will, right? That it's just kind of opening yourself up, engaging. Seeing where things go, I don't have to always put a roadmap of okay. Here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three, and then off to, I'm off to never, you know, euphoria or whatever. Yeah. But but it's just recognizing that a lot of times it's just why don't I? This is what you alluded to with Schnarch's work, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that idea of when you open your eyes and realize, whoa, there's another person here. That, exactly. that I can experience that it isn't just an act; it's it's an experience. And exactly. one problem, though, is that there is a formula. Okay. Uh, in my book, I call it the conventional script, and the conventional script is a little bit like the conventional script for traditional couples dancing. The woman is going to look beautiful and alluring, and the guy is going to be a great dancer. He's going to ask her to dance. He's going to initiate everything that they do. And he's going to twirl her around and everything's going to be fabulous. And that's the script. Okay. If you find yourself deviating from that script, usually you experience anxiety. Okay. The guy says, oh, I just want to kind of lie here and just kind of enjoy your body. And many women will say, oh, that sounds very nice. And some women will say, hey, well, aren't you going to do something? You know, just, the conventional script is always kind of there, kind of hovering. Okay. For, for instance, I encounter some men, many, many men in my practice, whose principal problem in their marriage is that they are passive. Right. They tend to be kind of passive people. That doesn't work very well in the conventional script. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. And so it's a real, it's a real thing. And the guy can say, can we just kind of lie here and we just enjoy each other? And the woman goes, oh, what are you doing? You know? Right. Um, on the one, so we really have both things going on at the same time. People trying to live out the conventional script, um, and at the same time, um, they're trying to actually uh, feel authentically aroused, and they yeah. don't always go together. Yeah, you see this a lot of times with guys. Um, the guy will uh, uh, be nervous, uh, maybe even worried about uh, his erection. And then his wife says, you know, my period just started. And he feels fabulous. He loves that because now he doesn't, he's not bound to the conventional script. Now he can just kind of enjoy her and so forth. Because guys, usually they're bound to that script. Oh, well, I mean, you're, you're talking about a lot of 
just generational, you know, there, there's so many different factors, I think, that play into this, right? That yeah. that Because we all come into things, even if we don't really know, we still have an idea or a hope yeah, or absolutely. some conventional thought of, yeah, this and is I what's supposed to happen. Social. I don't think it's just social. I think part of this is hard, hardwired. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So before we wrap up this, this, this segment of it with you, I'd love for people, if they want to find more of you, uh, point them in the right direction. How do they find more? How do they find you? Um, just the love worth making. So it's love making, but the word word worth stuck in the middle. So love worth making, you just Google that and you'll get to me and you'll get to my book. Perfect. Well, Stephen, uh, it's so good to connect with you again thus far. And I look forward to pivoting here in just a minute. Okay. One of the things I love is a chance to revisit some things from the past. I mean, we're almost to episode 600 nation and it's because of you that we've made it this far and there are so much information in there and so many voices that have joined us on the show thus far to date that it's worth revisiting at times and this is one of those that i love hearing the conversations with dr steven schneider again just because his take and his view is fantastic if you like the show you can help us out by rating and reviewing us on apple Podcasts, spotify or however you listen Your comments help us spread the word about the show and help others frame their conversations and approach what goes on better behind their closed doors. Transcripts are available in the show notes for each of the episode's pages. All our advertisers' deals and discount codes are also on each of the episode's pages at smrnation.com. Please consider supporting those who support the show. The greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with those you care about. There's a lot of information that you can share, and this is just a blast from the past that hopefully will help somebody that you know or you and your marriage as you go forward. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.